Wake up, senor. What? 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 Oh, what's that, Bruno? Oh, is it time for the randomizer already? It will be a great disaster. Oh, come on, Bruno. It's not that bad. After all, after 60-odd weeks of doing this, I think I've got the hang of it by now. Uh, where'd I leave the randomizer anyway? Oh, it's case of his is heavier than all her ladyship suitcases put together. Oh, hello, Parker. Well, since you've evidently lugged the randomizer all the way upstairs to my bedroom, uh, how would you like to press the button today? Now, how could I do that? Well, there's a big red button right there. Yeah, yeah all right, all right. Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, Parker, are you feeling all right? I think I've bruised my shins. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. Um... Uh, so, what show are we watching today? The Indestructible Captain Scarlet. Ah, well, that's... Oh, that's uh, not one of my favourite episodes of that show, actually, but... It will be a great disaster. Well, no, it's not that bad. I mean, it's still Captain Scarlet. It's just a little bit... Well, here's Dangerous Rendezvous. So it's time for some more Captain Scarlet and a lovely, again, I'm, I keep bringing this up every time I watch Scarlet now, just this HD walk down the alleyway, oh it's so lovely. Anyway, uh, this is, um, you know, I think uh, this year, if uh, if last year was a Joe 90 year on the randomizer, then this year has certainly been, well, I would say probably we've had Fireball XL5 most, then uh, Lavender Castle and... Uh, I'd say Scarlet is likely to be third place. Had quite a bit of Scarlet on the old randomizer this year, but that's fine. Who doesn't like a bit of Scarlet? In the fight, one man fate has made indestructible. His name, Captain Scarlet. And of course, this episode, Dangerous Rendezvous, is the third and final part of uh, the what's sort of unofficially known as the Lunaville Trilogy, which was a loose, very loose three-part story. To escort them back to Cloudbase. Yes, Captain. And I know with previous um, two-part stories, I've if I land on either part, I watch one one week and the other half the next week. With this, and with things like um, Operation Time and Spectrum Strikes Back and um, the first two episodes, I do see them as standalone episodes more than multi-part stories. This is a maximum security operation. Which is why we've assigned only you and two other guys to deal with it. Yeah, so I don't see this as um, this as being like a, a genuine like it's not a continuing story. There's no like cliffhanger endings. There's no recaps. Um, so although they are linked, I don't necessarily view these as a multi-part story. Just kind of three episodes with a running theme straight through them, which is fine. And of course, the previous two uh, installments of this story were both largely set on the moon, and here we are back on Earth for the finale. And it's. Captain Scarlet, Dr. Kernitz is expecting you. I don't honestly know what to think of the Lunaville trilogy because it's so kind of. The fact that it isn't a connected, continuing story makes it. It makes Spectrum's approach to the whole Mistrons are taking over the moon thing. They're rather casual about it, you know, at the end of Lunaville 7, 
we'll we'll deal with this, but we're not going to deal with it this week. We'll deal with it somewhere further down the line. Don't rush us. So, yeah, in that vein, I, I do find this is a rather casual wrap-up to the uh, to the trilogy. Here we have uh, Scarlet's arrived at the research centre to meet uh, Dr. Kernitz. Ready, Doctor? Ready. You have everything? Yes. In his briefcase. And uh, Captain Oker is uh, on the scene. Good old Captain Oker is um, pulling into the research complex in the Yellow Fox tanker. Yes, now this uh, Yellow Fox um, petrol tanker, I think it's a really good idea. I don't understand why it only appeared in a gasoline tank in two episodes. You'll find it comfortable because it's a, it's a really clever idea for a security organisation to have this civilian vehicle that is actually this um, extremely well armoured uh, transport device for VIPs. Doctor Kernitz and I have rendezvoused with the Yellow Fox. ETA at the airport minus twenty minutes. SIG. Maybe someone just um, a spectrum helicopter will overfly the route to the airport. Found the old the model lying around and thought, oh yeah, this was a thing for one episode. We should maybe do this again. Very ingenious. We can drive in comfort and complete secrecy. That's right, Doctor. Spectrum have found the tanker very useful. Well, in theory you can drive in comfort and uh, complete secrecy. Unfortunately, as we've just heard there, um considering yet yeah, this is a unmarked civilian vehicle designed to throw people off the scent, in no way meant to clue people in that this is a Spectrum vehicle. They have assigned a Spectrum helicopter covered in Spectrum logos to fly, what, ten feet well, over Doctor, it on its way to the airport? The results of your test? Um... I know the danger you went through, Captain Scott. I'm gonna say you've, uh, you've blown your cover there, guys. Maybe just a bit. Because of your efforts, I believe we will be able to communicate with the Mistrans. Let's hope they will listen to reason. Let's hope they're in. Our next act of retaliation will be to destroy Cloud Base. Do you hear? Is this thing on? Hello? Earthmen? Will be destroyed at midnight. Well, Colonel, the Mistrons plan to destroy Cloud Base. What? Yes, Captain. I didn't know this, Captain Blue. You'd think they'd have made some sort of threat that we all... What are you doing, you stupid man? Of course I heard. I do love that. I do love that. Sort of, as you know. And, and the character doesn't say, Yeah, I know. Why, why are you telling me this? I know. I was here. I was there. Pulsating. Just as it did in the Mysteron complex on the moon. Yes, Captain Blue. With the aid of the photographs you and Captain Scarlet took, it was relatively easy to simulate the exact conditions inside that complex. Oh, God. No, no, I don't buy it. That was... That was the thing with the hood as well, wasn't it? You could take a picture of a control panel and you could... You would sell those pictures to someone and it was going to be relatively easy to extrapolate the entire workings of a machine or a device from photos. Is it, Lieutenant? Specifically, in this case, photos of alien technology. It was relatively easy, just from, from some Polaroid snaps. Report, Captain Blue. Have the Mistron detectors revealed anything? No, Colonel. The whole base has been checked out, and except for the Diamond Pulsator, of course, there's nothing. The Mistron said they would destroy Cloud Base at midnight. And we have a Mistron power source. I, I, I still don't see how they're going to do this. You talk to them. Yes, the transmission. The future of the world could well depend on that. Probably shouldn't give it to you then. 
15 seconds to transmission. Yeah, Spectrum is a bit sort of dim with this. Um, how are they going to destroy Cloudbase? And we have literally an, an alien power source of massive power glowing on the table. Five, four. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, lads. One. Transmission. This is Colonel White, Commander-in-Chief of Spectrum, speaking on behalf of the peoples of the Earth to the Mistrons on Mars. I would like to recall man's first survey expedition on the surface of your planet. And here we have the beginnings of what I think is the main problem with this episode, for me anyway, um, and why it doesn't feel like much of a conclusion. Uh, this flashback here to the events of the first episode, which I'm sure fans at the time would have really appreciated seeing again, because we're, what, 20-something episodes into the series now, and not everybody would have seen that first episode, so it's nice to give people who thought they would never see this again a chance to go back to the beginning and see how it all started. However, it does feel more like padding. It really feels like we don't have much of an idea. Or at least we we have an idea, but it's, it's only really enough to cover about 10 minutes of the episode, so we've got to pad the time out with the... Uh, they're obviously hostile. With this, and of course, um, there's an even more blatant example of padding later on, but we'll get to that when we get there. The attack on your complex was wrong, but we on Earth want you to know it was done out of fear and was not a deliberate act of aggression against you. We're not nasty, we're just bushes. And hope you will answer. On behalf of the world government and all peoples of the Earth, I offer you the hand of friendship. I hope that it will be accepted. Well, he made a jolly good fist of that, I think. Good old Colonel. He likes his speeches, and, uh... Yeah, giving him a chance to speak on behalf of all mankind, he probably, probably prepared that one. Uh, gentlemen, we are forgetting we have a guest. Is there anything I can get you, Doctor? Uh, a cup of tea? Sandwich? Uh, what would you like? Yeah, this is, again, a massive sequence of padding here. a top secret, but I'd be glad to explain the principles. Uh, let's say I wanted to call Captain Blue. Uh, would you mind, Captain? Because of it's course, one yes. thing to um, to include a clip from an old episode. Again, people maybe thought they would never see any of this stuff again. Maybe people didn't see it before. That's fine. Immediately, that Colonel White is calling. Here we have an extended explanation of the Spectrum Communications, the, the cap mic exactly thing. The same procedure, in reverse. And it goes on so long, and by this time, again, we're episode 20-something in now, we know all this, we've seen all this, week after week. Desk flashes, telling him he is in contact with Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet is the guy on your left. He wears a scarlet tunic because that is the color of Scarlet. Oh, why are we doing this? Again, it, it's an, a symbol that we've run out of time, uh, run out of material to fit this. Um, I knew this system was the envy of the world. This very small idea, and also annoyingly. Is there anything else you'd like to see? Oh God! Would you would you like a cookie? Would it be possible to see an angel launch? <laughs> this scientist guy is just like, can I can I can I have a treat? Can I have a prezi? Can I have a ride on this wing? Oh yeah, but the cat mic thing. Um, S I G. Oh stop it! We know. It means everything is fine. 
S-I-R, spectrum is red, means the opposite. Um, yeah, the cat might thing. It doesn't explain how or why the, um, the cat mics swing into position if one of the captains want to call someone else. Which is something I would genuinely be interested in finding out, but they don't explain it here. Five pilots, codenamed the Angels. We know! I mean, in the CGI one, occasionally, Scarlet would, um... He was, if he was in a, a dark room, he would say night vision and his cap would drop down a night vision screen for him to see by. Um, but we don't know why the cap microphones kick in in this. I understand why when a captain is being called, but I don't understand how a captain triggers the mic to make a call. Is it, does he, is the hat telepathic? Is it like, um, oh, what is it, um, Cappy from, uh, Super Mario Odyssey? Is it somehow alive? Is it reading his thoughts? And he thinks, I want to make a call. And that's, uh, that's what triggers it. But also very practical. It means we I've been waffling for a very long time, but not as much as these characters have, telling us the basics of a show that we've all been watching for 20-something weeks already. The have picked up a carrier wave, sir. I believe the Mysterons are about to answer your transmission. Oh, no, not the plot. The plot's come back. But Dr. Thingy wanted to have a, a ride on a seesaw and an ice cream. Poor old Dr. Thingy. Your message has been analysed, and it has been decided to allow one member of Spectrum to meet our representative. The pink guy. Seriously, he's the funniest. Bring us the pink guy. He will fly on a course of one, two, four magnetic from cloud base's present position. Further it and again, that's a subtle indication that the Mysterons know where cloud base is at this exact moment. Okay, they could um, they could have worked that out from the position of the transmission, but also maybe they picked it up from the transmission of their own power source. You're probably right, but I think we must accept. We cannot miss this chance. Spectrum is so dim this week. You, sir. The only landfall is a large, desolate volcanic area in Greenland. Greenland, eh? An ideal spot for a secret rendezvous. Or for a mad president to try to buy. It's 50 years later and he's still on that kick. Sir, if a member of Spectrum is to be sent, I'm the obvious choice. Oh, that's your answer to everything. Thank you, Captain Scarlet. I'll leave immediately. So, Greenland. Um, land of rocks and a uh, couple of bushes. Captain Scarlet has just passed the Renvik radar station. The last point of contact. Do, do people just not live in Greenland in the Captain Scarlet universe? I mean, I don't know much about it, but... The way Colonel White reacts to it is like, ah, an ideal spot for a secret rendezvous, nobody around, in the whole country. Um, I think there are probably people living in Greenland. If you're living in Greenland and listening to this right now, is it as desolate and uh, volcanic as it seems in this episode? Five, four, three, two, one. No, Peter Dunley did it better. And again, another Spectrum passenger jet getting trashed. Oh dear. And as much as I'm not a particular fan of this episode, as you may have deduced from my comments thus far, 
Uh, I do like this sequence of Scarlet meeting the the driverless car. And he gets in and it, it drives away and it's it's driving itself. It I think the fact that yeah, there is no one at the wheel, but it's driving itself and also the slightly uh sort of desolate landscape, it does make it seem like we're we're deep in Mysteron country here. No one around. Come in, Captain Scarlet. You are expected. We've got the good china out, and the muffins will be ready soon. And again, Mr. On Technology there, that screen on the wall is uh, pulsating in a similar way that the ones in the uh, complex in Crater 101 did. I have come here unarmed. Your instructions have been followed precisely. You must listen and take back this message to the world. Down from the mountain every the? day, from the sky and from over the sea. Ah, ah, snow on the farm condensed in a tin, and rich with This is the voice of the Mr. On. Okay, I couldn't resist that. It, it's just such a perfect setup for a for that tape to be playing anyway. You started this war of nerves. Anyway, Captain Black has uh, set the tape playing this uh, looped Mr. On threat, and he's he's scarpered. He's not sticking around for this. He's got better things to do than uh, work a tape desk in a pokey little shed in the middle of nowhere. That's a recording. Yep, it's a new CD, the Mr. On's greatest hits, including all the greats, such as We Know You Can Hear Us, Earthmen, and, um, um, uh... Uh, other other things. A pulsator. Here we go. We have another diamond pulsator on the table in the control room. It's going to explode. Yep. And Scarlet's legging it out of there after he's explained to us, the viewers, what's going on. A trap. But why? Why? I do like how absolutely filthy so Scarlet looks when he falls down as well. He's, he's got so much soot and ash on him that he, he almost looks like one side of his face has gone silver. It's a very nice touch. I must warn them! Anyway, he's now figured out that uh, the Mr. On Pulsator on Cloudbase is a potential bomb, which is now glowing quite sinisterly. So far, no one has noticed. They, they still, they're still slowly piecing it together on Cloudbase. What time is it, Lieutenant? Five minutes to midnight, sir. Five minutes to our certain doom. Aside from the Mistron thingy we have here, Lieutenant, what do you possibly think could be the cause of our ultimate destruction? Aside from the glowing Mistron thingy, that Captain Oker is now standing right next to and blatantly ignoring. My God, what is wrong with you people? Anyway, good old Scarlet's now made it back to the radar station in the Mistron car. Again, very convenient that the car didn't um, it's got to work. fight against him there. You'd expect the Mistrons would still have some control over it. Colonel, I've picked up some sort of signal. It's Morse. Morse? Let me hear it. <laughs> S-C-A-R... L. It's from Scarlet. Oh, that's who it is. Right. He says the Pulsate is a mistrawn booby trap. 
30 seconds to midnight, sir. Captain Oka, this is an emergency. Do exactly as I say. Uh oh. Diamond pulsated the nearest porthole. Oka's been around. He knows words like that never end well. decompression in the room. Put on a respirator. 15 seconds left, sir. Hurry, Captain Oka. Captain Oka to the rescue. This is a nice change of pace that it's um Oka who gets to save all of Cloudbase. Not blue. Not Destiny, obviously not Scarlet because he's not there. Yep. That's Captain Oka. Save the day there. No big deal. Um, loses a couple of points for standing next to the obviously glowing bomb. Firstly, I must thank you, Captain Scarlet, and you, Captain Oka. But yeah, he gets thanks from the Colonel. That's good stuff. He even gets a little stool to sit on. And Captain Blue doesn't because he hasn't done anything this week. Our attempt to end the war of nerves with the Mistrons has failed. Obviously, we were unable to convince them of our sincerity. Oh, maybe they didn't enjoy your speech. Let us learn from this operation and steel ourselves for the long road which lies in front of us. And that's it. That is the conclusion of the uh, epic Captain Scarlet Lunaville trilogy. So, oh, it's a tough one, this, because I don't feel that as a conclusion to the trilogy, it particularly works, and I don't feel that as a standalone episode, it works all that well either, because there is so much, so much padding in this one, and you know, we're going to destroy Cloudbase. Okay, this should be big and epic, but instead it's like, hmm, well, maybe if we sit around and uh, ignore the very obvious glowing crystal thingy. And I, I like this one as a kid, possibly because it was one of the few that I actually had on video. But it's just, yeah, coming at the end of the Lunaville trilogy, which again aren't my favourite episodes. I'll get into more of that when we actually get to them. But yeah, it's just this this trilogy is sort of like the show's big attempt at a multi-part story, kind of. And it just peters out to basically a simple little trick by the Mistrons that we could have done in one episode of the Crystal thing. So, that's Dangerous Rendezvous. Not a favourite. One of the few episodes of Captain Scarlet I'm not mad about.